0: When I was prepping for this sermon, I thought back about a time when I was about 10 years old. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my dad is a pastor, and so we had recently moved to a new church. And while we were there, uh, we'd only been there a couple of months, but the missionaries that this church had sent out uh, the year before had come back. And so they wanted to, they invited the rest of the church to come and listen to a presentation on what they had been doing in Africa for the previous year. So a few dozen people came, and we gathered in the old fellowship hall of the church, which was a room that had not nearly enough windows, and it was very dark. It happened to be the late fall, so it was getting dark earlier. And they had one of those old carousel slide projectors, where you have to put the little plastic slides into it, and then... Over and over and over again, which is just the most monotonous sound to hear when you're already kind of exhausted. They had to turn the lights off. So it was dark and it was dark. We had to listen to this. At 10 years old, it was very difficult to sit through. And even at that age, I could sense that the grown-ups in the room were having a hard time Staying engaged. And they were drifting pretty quickly as this guy clicked through another picture, click through another picture, and describing in great detail what the pictures were already showing us. If a picture is worth a thousand words, the guy used every thousand words to tell us what was going on. Now that I'm older, I think I like the idea. So, Derek, will you get the slide projector from out back and yeah, that's the original slide. Yeah, <clears throat> that thing's ancient. If it ever falls on anybody, they're, to- they're toast. Anyway, <clears throat> I told you that story to tell you a couple things. Uh, first of all, to demonstrate the enormity of the task of trying to talk about Christian service and Christian mission and make it engaging and interesting and, and not a guilt trip. Uh, But I also told you so that you know that I know how hard it is to sit and listen to somebody talk about Christian mission and Christian service. It's really hard to sit through a talk about those things when you feel so disengaged or uh, so far removed from the problems that you're seeing when somebody comes and talks to you about the troubles in the world. Uh, And and there's so many things that are going on in, in the world around us that are outside of our individual sphere of influence. So what can we do? I mean, I can't go to Afghanistan and do anything right now. And it's very frustrating. I mean, that's just an example. There's so many things that we, we care about and we love. We love people and we want to do something. But we're a lot of us, most of us in this room probably have very real, very honest, very true commitments to things that are important here as well. So what do you do? It's hard to, it's hard to do a talk like this. It's hard to hear a talk like this. Um, this is not going to be a guilt trip sermon, okay? Do you trust me? I, that didn't sound very convincing. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter whether you do or not, because uh, we're already, we're, we're, we're in this now. <clears throat> the text from today, I'm going to be reading from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40. If you have your Bible, uh, you may open it up. It's the the bulletin has the page number of the pew Bible, but I think we'll also have it up here. Um, we may not. Uh, that would be my bad. Anyway, Jesus is giving a parable, Matthew 25. And Jesus says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, <clears throat> he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as shepherds separate sheep From goats, He will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Pardon me. For when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, are my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. So this is a text we've actually gone Visited a few times in the past year, in fact. It's come up a few different ways. Uh, it's part of the sheep and the goats parable. There's another half of it. I'm going to touch on that in a second. If you're a fan of the band Cake, you may know their song. Sheep go to heaven. Goats go to hell. Sheep go to heaven. Don't finish that. We don't need a, a, commun- a community response of someone saying the rest of that song. I remember hearing that song for the first time when I was in high school and I was riding in a car with my sister, and uh, the song was new, and it went off, and Leslie Fram, who was the the DJ for 99X, said, what did goats ever do to deserve that? My sister and I looked at each other and said she must have missed that day in Sunday school because we were (laughs) preachers, kids, nerds who knew that. Anyway, in our staff meetings for the past, uh, during the summer, we've taken turns leading the devotions. And as it's happened the past two weeks, uh, the past two times that I've led the devotions, I've landed on the week that we're talking about service. And I couldn't help but come back to this parable again and again and again. It has a lot of mileage and there's a lot of layers to it. And there's a lot that it's trying to tell us. It's about who we serve and who we don't serve day to day, every single day. But I think it's also fair to say that it could also be about the things that we do to serve, not just the people who we serve, but the ways that we give ourselves in service to others. One way to look at it is this, that every single thing you do or don't do to every single person, every single day, is in some way a reflection of how you feel about Jesus and how you feel about your call as a person who follows Christ. Because Christianity isn't merely just coming here on Sunday mornings and reading your Bible every day. Those are very important, obviously. But they're only important as much as they help you to see the world and see others as Christ does. And that is a world that is dark and in need of light. And it's people who are broken in need of grace. William Barclay was a Scottish theologian Uh, my dad got to meet him one time. There's this really cool picture of him uh, and my dad and another friend of his and then William Barclay in the middle and he's looking off to the wrong side. And my dad said that there's two pictures, they took two pictures that day and in each one he's looking to the wrong way because he couldn't hear. And so he was looking the wrong way and somebody said, William, you're looking at the wrong camera. And he said, what? And then they clicked that picture. And then he said, what? And then he clicked out. Anyway, old Scottish guy, In his commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, he writes, Jesus insisted that the greatest ritual service is the service of human need. It's an odd thing to think that with the possible exception of a day in the synagogue at Nazareth, we have no evidence that Jesus ever conducted a church service in all of his life on earth. But we do have abundant evidence that he fed the hungry, comforted the sad, and cared for the sick. Christian service is not the service of any liturgy or ritual. It's the service of human need. Christian service is not a monastic retreat, but it is involvement in all the tragedies and problems and demands on the human situation. Now, the bad news is that there are a lot of tragedies and problems and demands on the human situation. The good news is that we don't have to go across the world to do anything about them. There are needs right where you are, right where I am, that Christ is calling us to care about. And you just have to look at the world through eyes of compassion to see where those needs are. I think one thing that's helpful to think about is the golden rule. And I know it's cliche, but hear me out, because I want to talk about it in a different way. Uh, First of all, what's the golden rule? Somebody shout it out. And with... So much enthusiasm. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Very famous saying of Jesus. Uh, I might have talked about this, but what you you may not know is that the golden rule as Jesus presents it is actually a subversion of an existing philosophy that was uh, prevalent in his day, which was, don't do unto others as you would not have done to yourself. Don't do unto others as you would not have done to yourself. That's a pretty low bar. And it's pretty selfish. I mean, if if all you have to do is not be a jerk to somebody, you're not. I mean, hopefully that's easy enough. Just to 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 not be cruel. So that's where that's where people were. That's what people thought during Jesus' day. Jesus says, actually, you should do unto others what you would have done to yourself. He's raising the bar pretty high. And he's making us think about others before we think about ourselves. But where I want you to hear me is this. It's helpful to remember the kindness that people have done to us. Think about it for just a second. Think about a kindness someone did to you this week or in the past month. How did it feel? The encouraging word when you're having a bad day The friend who offered you a shoulder to cry on. That wasn't supposed to happen. The person who hosted a dinner for friends and extended an invitation to you when you were new in town. The person who gave you a leg up when money was tight. Those all meant something, didn't they? And so even if we feel like our kindness and our generosity and our encouragement aren't much to people, You just have to remember the times that people did those for you, to remember how much of a difference they can make to others. These aren't world-changing things in a historical sense, but they're world-changing for the person who receives them, and that's what Jesus is saying. If I may get specific uh, for a minute, and I have had permission from everybody to talk about these things, Um, Deidre Sellers, who's a member here, uh, she volunteers her time in the jail. And does art therapy for the inmates. Um, my fiancé Stacy's here. She leads a small group for middle school girls. I have a friend named Nathaniel. We went to seminary together. He's, a, he's an ordained minister. He's a teacher at a, at a high school, and he coaches cross-country. I don't know why. He, he likes to run for some reason. Um, one of the college students this week emailed me and said, I just started a new job, and I, I want to know how I can be a better witness as a person of Christ in a, in a, in a context where uh, it's not necessarily readily apparent. That kind of care for individual needs of people in the, in the spheres where we work and where we go to school uh, and where we play. I mean, when you come to church in the morning, you get coffee, you sit down, the band plays, there are lights, What you may not realize is that someone comes here in the morning and makes the coffee. And the band works on the music all week. The people downstairs who are wrangling your kids so you can come up here and worship. People who are doing, now I'm not trying to tell you that what Jesus is saying is you should volunteer in church. You should, you absolutely should, but that's not the point. What I'm saying is that everywhere we are, we have a chance to do something of service In the name of Christ. Kindness, goodness, compassion, generosity, encouragement, prayer. These things are never, ever wasted. No matter how small or frivolous or trivial they may seem in the moment. They can always make a difference. You may not always get to see the difference they make, but that's beside the point. And Jesus doesn't really say anything about us getting to see any of the good we get to do. He just says, do it. And when you do it for the least of these, you're doing it for me. Contrarily, unkindness, apathy, cynicism, self-righteousness, those things are always, always wasted. They never do any good. So forget about them. The last half of the parable, Jesus says, whenever you didn't do for the least of these who are my brothers and sisters, you didn't do it for me. C.S. Lewis, I think, said it best. He said that we all certainly carry out God's purpose however we act. But it makes a difference whether we serve like Judas or serve like John. And it's in what we do every day. In fact, one of my favorite movies, Kingdom of Heaven, Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's really good. You should watch it. Make sure you watch the director's cut because it's it's like a completely different movie. But in the movie, this guy is struggling with his call and what he's supposed to be doing. And he doesn't think he's a good enough man. And this other guy says that holiness is in right action. And encourage on behalf of those who can 't defend themselves, and what God desires is here and here and by what you do every day, you will be a good person or not it 's in the everyday things it 's not just in the big grand things have you ever has anyone seen schindler 's list uh, uh, near the end of that one of the most just incredible scenes in a movie he's he 's about to make his escape and he 's reflecting on how many people he saved and could he have done more <clears throat> and he he's just regretting what he the money he spent doing other things to, that he, that he could have saved 10 more he could have saved one more could have just done one more thing and they give him a ring that says whoever saves the life of one saves the world entire it's just the little things it's not always the big huge get on an airplane and go across the world stuff Those are important, but so is everything that you do every single day. Uh, The title of this sermon, if you didn't notice, is it's in the bulletin. It's In Defense of the Starfish Story. Uh, Derek loves the Footprints in the Sand story. Y'all familiar with that one? Yes? Okay. I like it, too. It's a really good one. Um, But it's a little hokey. It's a little cheesy. Uh, It's a little cliche, but... It beautifully illustrates something, <clears throat> something good and true about Jesus Christ and his relationship with us. So it's good. It's a good story. My guilty pleasure, Christian, cheesy Christian story is the starfish story. Does, does anyone know it? You? Okay. If you don't know it, I'm going to tell it to you. Basically, it's, it's this. This guy goes out on the beach in the morning and the tide is going back out and there's thousands of starfish stranded on the beach and they can't, they've been, they've been washed up there, and the tide is going out, and they can't get away. And there's a little boy on the beach reaching down and throwing one at a time back into the ocean. And there's thousands of them. And the, the old man looks at him and kind of laughs and says, it's really nice that you're doing that, but you, there are too many, and you can't possibly save all of them. You can't possibly make a difference. <clears throat> So the boy picks up one more and throws it into the water and says, it made a difference to that one. It's Christian service. It's the hands and feet of Jesus working through you and working through me and the world around us every single day. When we look at the world in hurt and need and wonder where God is, and we say, you know, God, where are you in the midst of this suffering? I think God is looking at us and saying, where are you? And I've said that before. I don't ever get tired of saying it. Where are you? There are opportunities to serve in Christ's name every single day, with every situation, and with every person. And we all have passions and abilities and talents and resources and things that we care about and people who we know that we can leverage to help us to do these things. And we have the good news of Christ, crucified and resurrected. So we have things we can do and we have things we can offer no matter how small the offering may be. Think of the world as a beach full of starfish, and you're just throwing one back in at a time. One at a time. One at a time. Now, it may be that you're called to go to another country and build life alongside people in another culture and serve them in Christ's name, and that's amazing. It may be that you're called to go serve the homeless in a soup kitchen, and give them a warm meal. And if so, that's great. But it may be, that you, for now, you're simply called to be the best teacher, the best accountant, the best nurse, the best researcher, the best truck driver, the best mom or dad or son or daughter, <coughs> or sister or brother, or best friend or total stranger to somebody around you. It doesn't matter how big or how small the calling. If it's done in Christ's name, then you can be sure that in that moment, it made a difference to that one. Amen? Cool, I'm done. So we're gonna have a minute of reflection time. I'm gonna close this in prayer and then we'll, uh, after a few minutes, we'll come back and pray. But please pray with me. God, thank you again for this morning and thank you that you've called us into service and thank you that no act of service is too small, that uh, no person who we serve is, uh, none of our kindness is ever wasted on them. We thank you that you live in us and that you empower us to do good in your name. And so we ask that you would help us remember that as we go into the week as we enter the world and the places where we work and the places where we study and the places where we live, that we might see the needs around us and that we might serve you in every way we can. Help us not to overlook the opportunities. Help us to see the world with compassion and empower us through your spirit to do good in your name. May ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen.